Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. No one wants to give up on controlling SARS-CoV-2 spread, but focusing on testing and long exclusion periods for children in child care centers appears to be unnecessary. That is a portion of the findings from our next guest as the lead author of that study, Dr. Timothy Shope, joins us here on KDKA. Dr. Shope, thank you very much for your time today here on KDKA. Congratulations on the publication. Thank you. It's great to be here today. What led to you looking into transmission within child care centers? I mean, I realize you are seeing patients all the time as a pediatrician. You are seeing people at Children's Hospital here. You're teaching pediatrics in the School of Medicine. But what led you to looking at this particular study? Well, uh, historically, we know that kids in child care centers get infected a lot, and they oftentimes bring those respiratory viruses into their homes. Uh, early in the pandemic, uh, there was some evidence that kids possibly didn't get infected at the same rates that adults did. So we were interested in finding out what actually is happening in the child care centers and how frequently they were bringing uh, uh, the SARS-CoV-2 virus home to their to their homes. So how were you able to basically say we want to look just at COVID-19 as opposed to other respiratory issues? I mean, RSV, we know what happened last year with that. Even influenza sometimes can represent in terms of being a respiratory illness as it is. How did you how did you single out this one particular cause and effect? Well, during the pandemic, that was the most important virus, and most of the other respiratory viruses were very infrequent for quite some time. And so we were focused on this particular virus because the recommended exclusion criteria and testing criteria were quite rigorous. Any of your listeners who have parents know that uh, with every runny nose, it was recommended that the children get tested. And uh, if they had COVID, they would be excluded for Uh, prolonged periods of time, sometimes as long as 10 days. And so that put a big burden on families. So it was important to see if the recommendations fit with uh, the, the virus severity and transmissibility. So what do we do now with what you have found? Because basically, from what the, the, the journal article is saying, is that children in these child care centers are not spreading it at significant rates to either caregivers or other kids, nor to their households, according to your findings. So what do we do with that? How do we move forward with that information? And what do child care centers do with it? Yeah, great questions. Um I think it's important to understand that there still is some spread uh, in the child care centers. And then if the virus does get in the household, uh, there's very high transmission rates of uh, 50% for children and 67% for adults. Uh, And COVID is still a significant uh, disease. Um, People can develop long COVID. So um, I think this 
points to the importance of immunizations for children to, to stop the cycle in households. However, it doesn't look like uh, using testing and exclusion as a method to reduce the spread is very effective. It's, it's difficult to identify which children who have symptoms have COVID. In our study, we found that only one out of every 20 children with symptoms that could potentially be COVID actually was COVID. Hmm. So that's a lot of testing. And uh, in reality, I think uh, people who run child care centers are kind of ignoring the recommendations because it's just impractical, impractical to have parents test their children that frequently. So does your finding suggest that we don't need to test as often? Or is that something you say we're going to leave that to Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and allow them to make a modification based on the data we're putting forward? I think what's happening now uh, is that people are ignoring it. Um, They may be, you know, using home tests. Um, they're just sort of hoping that it's not there. People are just trying, kind of living with these guidelines, but not really following them. And um, so I hope that we can begin a conversation at the federal level about these recommendations, because there are certain uh, childcare systems like Head Start, for example, that are required to follow federal mm-hmm. uh, recommendations. And so it's it's possible that in those settings, uh, parents are uh, experiencing a lot of absence for their children and, and a lot of testing, which is expensive. So uh, I think we need to start a conversation and, and try to match up the current recommended guidelines with what's, what's practical and also that it fit more with the other viruses that you mentioned, like RSV and influenza. Dr. Timothy Shope joining us, MD, also Master in Public Health Professor at Pediatrics, Pitt School of Medicine, pediatrician at UPMC Children's Hospital, talking about research that he has just published along with others, talking about child care centers being an unlikely source for COVID-19 transmission. I also hear you say, doctor, that we, we can't ignore testing, even though you know maybe we don't need to do it as much. I don't think you're saying let's be an ostrich and stick our head in the sand and not test at all, right? Well, there's some instances, I think, where testies, testing is, would be important, say, if uh, your child was about to go visit uh, somebody who is uh, medically, um, you know, pretty sick, a, a grandparent, um, somebody who would be much more vulnerable to COVID. But in general, children have pretty mild disease, not always completely mild, but um, the COVID in children is about the same severity as uh, influenza and RSV, Yet the recommendations for exclusion and return to care are much more um, strict for mm. for COVID than those other two diseases. Yeah, I mean, COVID there for a while, it was, what, 10 days? And then I think they dropped it down to five is the most recent number that the CDC has put out there. Were you able to, to, to ascertain, doctor, why we're looking at um, basically transmission rates within child care centers that were very, very low? I think your findings were two or three percent, whereas before you said that in a household, it could be as high as 50 percent. Why such a big difference between the child care center and at home? Is it just the, the the amount of time, the amount of time that you're spending with family? Is it the closeness of the family? Why the big difference there? I, it's a good question. I think that it, it is the length of time of uh, exposure and how close. When there's a sick child in the home, 
they want to be in their parents' arms and they're, you know, uh, they have snot and, uh, you know, they are putting their fingers in their parents' mouths, things like that. So it's really difficult to uh, prevent spread within the households. And if the parent is sick, they also need to be close to their children. The children can't take care of themselves. So I think both of those factors cause a much higher transmission in the household. And while I noted that you were the lead author on this paper, you also were working with colleagues at the University of Michigan and many others at the University of Pittsburgh. Before we go, can you just talk about the collaborative nature of research like this and being able to count on a lot of other very, very bright people, both MDs and PhDs, as far as helping with this research? Yes, this is very difficult um, to do studies like this in in real world settings. Um, It involves a lot of laboratory work and statistical support. So I'm really grateful for my colleagues in Ann Arbor and here at the University of Pittsburgh for all the collaboration. Dr. Shope, thank you very much for being here on KDKA, and we certainly appreciate you helping us to understand at least a little bit of a microcosm of what it is that you're doing and the important research that was published today. Again, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, Dr. Timothy Shope joining us here on KDKA. Again, professor of pediatrics, Pitt School of Medicine, pediatrician at UPMC Children's Hospital. Really, really impressive work that was published today in the Journal of American Medical Association Network Open about child care centers being an unlikely source for COVID-19 transmission. Frankly, the numbers are a lot higher at home than what they are there. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 